Good morning. It's good to see each of you here, and it's especially nice to have air conditioning. We, were, we struggled with that a little bit yesterday afternoon with the wedding, and we're thankful that it's working good this morning. I want to remind you a couple of things. One is that Vacation Bible School starts tonight at 6 o'clock over in the Family Life Center, and it's not too late to bring a friend or to invite somebody for Vacation Bible School tonight at 6 o'clock. A reminder that next week is the combined service Lake Day. The combined service is at 10 o'clock in the Family Life Center. 10 o'clock in the Family Life Center. And then after the combined uh, service, uh, we will be going to Lake Day. It's our annual Lake Day. And I've been reminded to tell you that the church furnishes the hamburgers, the hot dogs, the condiments, and drinks. But if you want to bring a side dish, that's up to you. Vacation Bible School children will be part of the music program next Sunday at the combined service. I unfortunately go and miss Lake Day, and I hate that because you just don't know how much I love hamburgers and hot dogs grilled out. But my little granddaughter, who was here this morning at the early service in the nursery, that we are going to be baptizing her uh, at a different location, and uh, so I will be away from the Lake Day. Won't you know where I was? It'll also serve as official reception day for. Uh, Paige Brooks, our new Director of Student Ministries. This morning, on behalf of you, I presented uh, Andy and Kelly a check from the congregation, and we had a reception for those of you who were not able to make it, and uh, we sent them off with our, our best wishes and our prayers, and we're very thankful for their service. And, uh, and also, we have a couple of people who are leaving the band at the same time we also did that. Uh, we will be recreating a new band, and I want to put out there that we've, re we've already got two new people who can sing and play guitar, but we need a drummer. So if any of you, and it doesn't matter how old you are, want to drum, now you may have to drum, fa if you're old, you may have to drum faster than what you're used to drumming, <laughs> okay? But if you or know anyone who's interested in drumming, you would uh, play in the drums, just let either myself know or Cindy Davis, who is the interim director of contemporary worship. I believe that's all that I have to say. We are recognizing today two new people who are coming into our fellowship, Louise and Kathleen Hill, who will be, will be receiving them at the appropriate time in the bulletin. All right, let us begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. God of wind, word, and fire, we bless your name this day for sending the light and strength of your Holy Spirit. May that same Spirit enable us to praise and witness to your love throughout all the earth through Jesus Christ, who lives with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever. Amen. affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
if you'll be seated and if I, these two fine young women would come forward here for us to receive them into the membership and I would ask you to look in your bulletin because there's a place for congregation to respond. Now, I understand that what I was told was that at one time, is this correct, one time she was a member at Memorial, you were a member at Memorial to start with, and then you and then say, you know what they did? They turn around where people can see. They she made an error. She went off to the Presbyterian Church for a while. <laughs> and if you've already read any of the news out of the Presbyterian Church this week, you can see they've definitely lost their way. But anyway, uh, they, they've decided to come back and be Methodist, and we're happy to have them. And after and so st and, and since they're being transferred, we we all have to do is ask them this one question. Um, Louise and Kathleen, will you faithfully uphold Memorial United Methodist Church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? We will. In congregation, I commend these persons to your love and care. Congratulations. Nice to see you and have you back in the fold. And they have, she has some welcoming things for you. Let us uh, give them a round of applause. And now, if our little ones would come forward for children's time. doing today are you excited about uh, vacation Bible school I know I am no are you excited about Bible school maybe we'll see we'll see <laughs> so um ah wait a minute my phone's ringing here who is oh hold on hold on a second I gotta, I gotta get this hello Yeah, yeah, uh, God, this is, this is Adam. Yeah. Yeah, the children are here with me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll talk to them about that. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. I mean, I mean amen. <laughs> so, that really wasn't God, was it, calling me? No. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, that would be. So, we don't really need a cell phone to talk to God, do we? We can talk to God anytime. Can we even talk to God in our minds? We don't even need to speak, do we, to talk to God? What are some places that, that, that we can speak to the Lord? Sir? At church? What are some other places we can speak to the Lord? At our house, 
Any other places? You guys ever go anywhere else? Grocery store, grandma's house. Yeah? So there's a lot of places that we can speak to the Lord. We don't have to just be in church. We don't have to speak out loud. And, you know, you can, you can talk to God anywhere. God is all around us. Our, uh, Samantha and I, our little godson, he was, he was looking for God the other day at their house because he, he wanted to pray to God. But we made sure that he knew that wherever he was, that he could pray to God. God was there. So um, the Bible actually talks about this. It's in, uh, it's in Psalms 34. It says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. So if you have anything on your mind, God wants to hear from you. Doesn't matter how small it is, he's always listening. So um, please pray with me here. It says, uh, dear, and repeat after me, dear Jesus, we thank you that we can talk to you anywhere, anytime, about anything. Amen. today comes from Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Thank you. Thank you. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Oh God, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh God, you have made us your children, and you keep us as the apple of your eye. And we pray this day, O oh Lord, that you'd receive from us a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. By our baptism, you have called us to be yours. We are baptized into Christ's death. And we have renounced the forces of wickedness and rejected the evil powers of this world. And yet, O oh Lord, we must confess that we often fail to walk in newness of life. And even though we know that you love us even more than the sparrows that fly around in the trees, we know that we have failed you, O Lord. We failed to receive your gifts and treasure them. And where we have failed you, O Lord, we pray you would forgive us. Forgive us for the sake of Jesus. And help us this day, O oh Lord, that that great good news that has been put into our hands as disciples, which is almost too wondrous to grasp, help us to loosen our tongues and, and let us speak in love and let us find through the power of the Holy Spirit to offer forgiveness and to proclaim with joy the promise that we have of eternal security with you. You are our Savior. And we know that you seek good for everyone. 
And so we lift up this day many of our brothers and sisters who, who are within our community of faith, who are feeling despair or sickness. And we pray, O oh Lord, that you would comfort them by your compassion. Let them see your face. We pray, O oh Lord, that your good and perfect will would be done. We know that you hear us. We pray you would attend to our cries, for they are in the name of Jesus our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We United Methodists believe that giving is part of worship, so let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
Please be seated. Uh, please note that both these scripture lessons have one word that's common to them both, or well, one theme rather, and that is freedom. The Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 34, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, help us to see that your Son has set us free. And help us to see and understand what that means and how we're to live. We pray in your name. Amen. Well, it's that time of year when we're coming upon a celebration of our freedom, political freedom. And uh, we should never take that for granted. And I hope that you will celebrate. But today I want to talk a little bit about freedom as defined by Scripture. And the Scripture defines in many different places, I believe, that our freedom in Christ really takes on two forms. The first form suggests that we are free from something, free from something. And the second form suggests that we are free for something, free for something. So first and foremost, Christian freedom is freedom from something. Freedom from bondage. Freedom from sin. Uh, freedom from having to live up to other people's legalistic expectations in order to be a Christian. You don't have to do that. You don't have to live up to other people's legalistic expectations. Jesus' death on the cross did away with all that. Christian freedom means that God has accepted us not because of our obedience to the law, but has accepted us based on our faith in His Son, Jesus Christ, who bore the curse of the law, in other words, the requirements of the law, when he died upon the cross. So we have been freed, we have been freed from the bondage of legalistic religion. And I for one am very happy and thankful for that. That does not mean that we do not have some moral restraints. Because unbridled license is not true liberty at all. It's just another form of bondage. It's a Slavery, if you will, to the desires of your fallen nature. Just as Jesus said, one who commits a sin is a slave to sin. And Paul described our pre-conversion state as a, as a state where we are slave to our slaves to our various positions, passions, and pleasures. Sometimes we're slave to our positions. Christian freedom does not mean the absence of constraints or moral absolutes. 
For example, suppose a skydriver, uh, just as he's getting ready to jump out of the plane, announces that he's decided he's going to jump out without his parachute because he wants freedom. The fact is that a skydiver is constrained by a greater law, that is the law of gravity. So when the skydiver chooses the constraint of the parachute, he really does get to enjoy the thrill of the ride. He's free. He's free to enjoy the thrill of the ride and still land safely. And God's precepts, God's desire for you work in the same way. They, they are there to help you enjoy the exhilaration of real freedom, of knowing that in Christ you don't have to meet up, meet anybody else's expectations. But at the same time, they offer restraints that allow you to land safely on your two feet. Let me give you another quick example. It's, it, this is a true story about a, about a governor who was granting freedom, pardon, to some convicts. And the names were read and they came forward and they received their pardon. At the end of the, of the, of the service to do this, one of the inmates started going back with the prisoners. Instead of going towards the exit, he, he, was, he f fell in line and started following the convicts who were not being pardoned back to his cell. And he was called out and says, you don't have to go there anymore. You're now a free man. Don't you understand? You're free. You see, folks, our decision to continue to live in legalistic bondage or in slavery to sin, hear me, our decision to continue to live in legalistic bondage or slavery to sin after Christ has set us free makes about as much sense as receiving our pardon and then marching back to our cell. We have a freedom like no other as a Christian disciple. We are free to live in Christ. And that means that we are free not just from something, but we are free for something. We are free to live in the Spirit of God. Now I know you hear that a lot. What is the Spirit of God? Well, the main fruit of the Spirit is love. Love is manifested. All the other fruits of the Spirit, if you will, are manifested really primarily through the, the one called love. Now, what is love? Uh, you know, the Greek language has literally hundreds of words for love, and we translate them all the one word love in English. But love can be translated in these, with these attributes. Love is joy. Love is joy-filled. Love is peaceable. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is good. Love is faithful. Love is gentle. Love is self-controlled. These are just some of the words that describe the fruit of the Spirit, love. And we have the freedom to live in the Spirit. We have the freedom to live in the Spirit. We have the freedom to love others. To love others. And when we don't love others, we're making a conscious decision When we love others, it produces two other things, two other characteristics. One is it produces the freedom 
to serve one another and the freedom to share struggles with another. Now, I know the obvious, uh, obvious question might be, uh, how can serving be freedom? Well, let me just answer it the way when Jesus was asked that question. Jesus said, I have come to be, I have not come, I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. You see, he understood freedom as meaning to serve and to share in other struggles. Uh, an acclaimed psychologist named Carl Menninger did a test, a study, and he found that the best non-medical treatment for patients who had clinical depression was to have the patient find someone who was worse off than them who they could share in their struggles or they could serve in some capacity. And patient after patient would return with reports of reduced levels of depression. My friends, if you are depressed, you need to focus on someone that you can share your struggles with, their struggles with, you can share their struggles, or you need to find some way to serve someone in some capacity. I had a member in one of my churches who was in his mid-90s. He could not see very well. Uh, he could not hear very well. He couldn't walk really without assistance. But every morning, he got in his car and he drove to Hardy's and ate breakfast. Now, we all figured out what route he took and we avoided that route. <laughs> But that's what he did. Every morning he would go into the parties, he would sit there by himself and eat his biscuit. I, we asked him one time, why? Why do you do this? You, you can't really see good, you can't hear good, you can't walk good. I mean, what are you getting from going to Hardy's? And I'm sure it's not the biscuits. And he said, Pastor, I sit there and before I've been there very long, someone comes in who's worse off than I am. He said, and when that happens, I realize that my life's not so bad after all. That my struggles are not so bad. Look what this person has to struggle with. And he said, I always make a point to speak to that person on my way out. He said, I have learned that when I focus on someone else, I feel better about myself. My friends, we've been set free to share each other's struggles. We've been set free to serve others. We have a responsibility for one another. And when we are there to encourage each other, when we're there to encourage someone who's struggling, that is when the church is the church. When we're there to lift up another person who has fallen, that is when the church is the church. And when we teach someone who is spiritually immature or uninformed, then we are being the church. When we can give hope to the hopeless, then the church is being the church. And when we can demonstrate love 
to those who might be unlovable by all appearances. The church is the church. I read a book called Restoring the Village. And I want to quote some things that the author wrote. He said that when he was 14 years old and a high school student, a school was dismissed early for a teacher's meeting. He said, I conveniently neglected to tell my parents that this was going to happen. And so I arranged to bring my girlfriend over to my house. Y'all know what's going to happen, don't you? Or you think you know. As we were going up the steps, our neighbor, the one that was often thought of as being a busybody and nosy, anybody got neighbors like that? poked her head out and said, you're home awful early. Yes, ma'am, I said, improvising a lame story about how we had planned to review algebra problems. Does your mother know you're home this early? She persisted. Do you want me to call her? He said, I gave up. He said, no, ma'am, I'll go inside and I'll call her while Kathy sits out here on the porch, talks to you. <laughs> he, he, he concludes his story and he said, he said, Mrs. Nolan, that was a neighbor, saved our careers that day because if I had gotten Kathy pregnant, she would not have become the doctor she is today, and I would not have become the successful author that I am. He said, I'm glad that Mrs. Nolan was there looking out for me, sharing my struggles. Friends, we are to share each other's struggles. We are to share, you see, the freedom we have with the restraints that we have in a way that helps people make the right decisions. We are free in Christ from the bondage of sin and legalistic religion. We are free in Christ to serve each other and to share each other's struggles. Finally, let me tell you this. You might recall back in, I think it was 1989, that the Berlin Wall started to crumble in a way where the authorities, uh, people started breaking through the wall and through the barriers and people started pouring across from East Berlin to West Berlin. And it was a joyous and happy time as they finally enjoyed freedom. And in 1990, a year later, the church in West Germany invited Billy Graham to come and to conduct a rally there in now the unified city of Berlin at the Brandenburg Gate. And Billy Graham wrote in one of his books these words. He said that while he was there, he met an East German woman 
who told him that on that day when they first made that trek across that border, across that broken down wall, and they came into West Berlin, out of communist East Berlin, and they, they said it was such a joyous time, and they, and they thought that the people would greet them with church bells, and the clergy and the good Christian people would give them Bibles and pray with them and things like that. And Now, I'm not saying that didn't happen some, but in this particular lady's experience, this is what happened. She said, no, that didn't happen at all to, to her and to the group that was with her. She said, instead, we were met by government officials who told us that the government was going to give us all a $50 voucher to spend money in the luxury stores here in West Berlin, in West Germany. And she wrote, and I quote, Under communism, we were allowed to shop, but we were not allowed to worship. And what we really needed was to hear the Word of God. My friends, we must never underestimate to desire a people to hear the Word of God. To hear that they're free from the bondage of sin and death. That they are free from legalistic expectations. That they're free to serve others and to share each other's struggles. We live in an unbelievable amount of political freedom to worship and to share our beliefs. We are not bound or restrained. But oftentimes we let our love of materialism or our narcissistic behavior and plenty of other things prevent us from enjoying the true freedom that we have. I don't think sometimes we grasp it. And unfortunately, as time goes on, we lose the understanding and memory of how precious it is and how close it was almost taken away from us. I commend your reading today a book called Hitler's Cross. The Third Reich's plan for the church. It began with a swastika that had to be on the altar in the place of the cross. It started with rules that said the preachers, the priests, the pastors had to kiss the swastika. The swastika became the only flag in the building. The Christian flag exited. These were just some of the things that began to happen under Nazi Germany. This is what we must never allow in our nation. As long as we remember that we are free from legalistic bondage, as long as we remember we're free from slavery to sin and death, as long as we remember that we're free to share each other's struggles, that we're free to express our love of God as found in Christ Jesus, as we are free to serve those 
who are less fortunate than us. We must always remember to cherish our freedoms as we come upon this time that we think about it. But let me tell you this. When you have your 4th of July celebration, it's all right to salute the flag. But don't forget to pray to the Lord Jesus Christ because that's your ultimate freedom that you have. And it cannot be taken away from Christians who never forget it. Who never forget it. Amen. Amen.
grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. May they be yours this day and each day. Amen.